Quartet. Gene Wright, Joe Morello, Paul Desmond, myself. Hello. You've hey. been a great audience for us. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. It was on. a big surprise because of the newspaper strike. We expected to be here yeah, alone. I just calling so, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. It's been a thrill for us. Sarah? You got Sarah on the line there? No.
That is Coyote Creates here, MutinyRadio.fm. Got the quilters. Sarah? loud and clear, huh? But I can't hear you. Okay. How's it going over there? Good. How are you? I am doing well. Wow. Artificial intelligence is really a thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for calling in. All thanks the way from Cincinnati, huh? Yeah. So actually, I'm in northern Kentucky, just across the river That's from right. Cincinnati. Yeah. That is fun. That's a whole different world over there. Seems like it if you haven't been here before. But once you've been here and kind of gotten a feel for it, you just start finding places that feel like home anywhere you go. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't left California. Maybe I'm just, I don't know. I did that cross-country trip, but 
I mean, other than that, I went to college in San Luis Obispo, which is about three hours away from San Francisco. So I never lived outside of California. I just don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, I've pretty much been in this area my whole life as well, but I do like traveling. So I've gotten to see a few major cities and um, also went to Honduras once. Woot, woot. <laughs> nice. Nice. I remember the first time I actually saw you sing mm. at Martuni's. Yeah, <laughs> during my trip to San Francisco. That was a good one. Yeah, that was really <laughs> fun. That was a really good time. I'm pretty sure that guy was a little thrown off by all the rock songs, but by the end of the night, he was he was loving it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know... That was it, awesome. He was really talented. Yeah, I um, had a friend... That host open mic, he, uh, Hotel Utah open mic, he used to go to Martunis a lot. And I think when I ran into you there and we had met up there, that might have been one of the first days that they reopened. So it was extra wow. special. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing that I had made it to San Francisco at a really good time. And just the gravity of that whole thing really hit me about how special that is. Like one of the first cities to go on lockdown and, you know, I'm there once everything starts lifting up again. So very thankful for my time there. And then happening to meet you. Yeah, what are the odds? Such a such a small, small world. Just cross paths <laughs> at the right time. And the um the phone call comes in right at the right time, you know. <laughs> when it's Absolutely. meant to be. Um so I wanted everyone so I, I just think that you have such a great style. You have so many different influences. And, oh, thank you. Yeah, so I mean, with the with the saxophone, what was the what was the first instrument that you played? Just curious. Um, I I'm pretty sure the first instrument I ever played was my vocal cords. Uh, nice. My grandma says that I came <laughs> out of the womb uh, talking and singing, and I haven't shut up since. If she were to tell it, that's what she would make sure she said. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, yeah. yeah, she said I like came out and I took my first breath, and then I said, "Granny." And everybody in the hospital room looked around and looked at each other like, did we just hear this? Or should we all like walk ourselves down to the psych ward? Um, but no, it was a real thing and everybody heard it. So she loves to tell that one. Um, but yeah, uh, apparently I would make her take me on walks and sing Bob, uh, Barbara Ann, like, ba, 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 ba. Oh, yeah. Ba, ba, ba. Beach but I didn't boys. know how to say anything but the ba part. So it would just be like, ba, 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 ba. Um, and so I would just, I think I started out with that. But um, Now you're making yeah, me want to play that song. <laughs> that is a great song. I feel like being a kid, too, and singing that song. Uh, yeah. the early stage singers, you know, when you're just born to sing. I bet you know how to play it on guitar. I bet you I could figure it out pretty quickly. <laughs> nice. Bob Aran. We'll you're... have to do like a digital collaboration and send it to my grandma and make her day. That would be really, yeah. I mean, I think, I think we could definitely do that and get the backing Yay. tracks. But I, um, yeah. I know that that feeling, that first song, like you you sing and uh, yeah, that's a great, you know, that's a great one. So I wanted everyone yeah. to to listen to your style and um because I just I feel like there's there's so many different influences, and then I was gonna bring you back. Sure. So I was yeah. Gonna, I was um, gonna play this. Which um 
I'm thinking Spanish. I'm mean, Spanish. The Spanish fly. Yeah. Yeah. Let yeah. Me... So Spanish fly definitely would be a good one to start with. I think it um, it definitely has a lot of the different elements that we're spreading out into all kinds of different reaches. So yeah, thank you. I would love for you to play it. Thank yeah, you so much. I am going to blast this uh, song by Self Similar. We got Sarah on the line, and this song is called Spanish Fly here, Mini Radio FM.
That is self-similar. We got a uh, live here, Media Radio.fm. We got Sarah on the line here. Hey, hey. <laughs> that saxophone and the collaboration with that is so cool. I've never heard anything like it. Yeah, so that that was that that definitely was a lot of layers there. We we have some uh, electronic instrumentation. Like I play the sub bass part um, on a keyboard. Um, a lot of 808s. Like I have a lot of influences from hip hop and instrumental hip hop, uh, trip hop, um, that kind of stuff growing up. Uh, and then we worked with Gwyneth Lynn Ravenscraft of Flautist here in Cincinnati um, for those flute uh, tracks on Spanish Fly. Um, and yeah, so we definitely have mixed a lot of things in there. I think there's probably just about six different vocal tracks um, that are looping together, that are, that are just kind of like glitching within uh the thing there and so that was really um cool for us to create and actually our, our demo is created completely of those tracks that were recorded as we were writing so what you're hearing there is what came out as we were creating the song and i think that that's the part of the process i love the most is just being able to share with people just that inspiration that happens like in the spur of the moment like spanish light did yeah, I could definitely relate. I know a lot of people out there in general, just when things just naturally just form. <laughs> yeah. Those are the best. I know. I always like to joke that the woodblocks part in that song, it reminds me of like Donkey Kong, like Donkey Kong 64 or something. There's like some land, you know, I, I would imagine that somebody could create a music video where you're in like this kind of like witchy, um, sort of like devilish, underlayer of of some video game and you're kind of like following snakes to the witch's cauldron or something i don't know that'd be pretty fun i could see that actually you know with donkey kong donkey kong is actually my mom's favorite and, oh nice pac-man those two i could totally hang out with your mom you should just play donkey kong <laughs> i'm surprised they don't have one at the place at any one of those yeah i could see that though definitely with the the flute and that kind of exotic thing i could see you know you know, Mario <laughs> going up the stairs in the, in the background. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's great. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like it's a long way from, from where I started. I think I think it took a long time when I was first starting out. You know, singing is a really vulnerable thing. Like, you're just kind of up there. You're in your body. Your body's making these noises, and you don't really know what to do with them at first. And I think I was kind of... Uh, maybe soft to criticism as a kid and I got scared away from it for a while um, and I think when I got into middle school and they started offering band options that kind of brought me back to music um, and I didn't even really think about singing or anything I just for some reason wanted to play the saxophone so I picked up the saxophone and I would always pretend to read music and just kind of play by ear um, and then I forgot all about it when high school hit like where I'm from you can only keep going with band if you do marching band and I was one of the like alternative kids I did not want to be caught dead at a football game um so I did not want to be standing with a really heavy saxophone on the football field 
in the sun marching. So that kind of went by the wayside, and I think that brought me back to, like, guitar and vocals. And I did the whole singer-songwriter thing again and eventually into this electronic stuff so that I can use different types of loops. And just recently, during the pandemic, I decided to look for a, look for a saxophone and just pick that up again. Like, I was like, I wonder if it's like riding a bike, you know? Um, so I actually wrote my first song on saxophone, which I never had done when I played as a kid. Um, I think I sent you a clip of it. It's called Wandering. Uh, and uh, it was kind of fun. It just felt like it was waiting to come out for years. Like there was this voice inside of me that I hadn't exercised in so long that like as soon as I picked up this new instrument, it just knew what to do. And this this really cool groove came out. My, my music partner, Darshan, started writing this um beautiful piano harmony uh and then we just started throwing in one of those one of those ableton beats that just kind of get your groove going and so yeah, yeah i would love for you to, yeah. for you to show people definitely a clip of this one in the works if you want to yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna peek if you will yeah this will be fun yeah so this is a uh, self-similar we got sarah on the line here we're gonna play this track There was a problem playing this audio. Download. Yeah, I don't know. I've, it's something interesting with um, with Google uh, Drive. I've had a... Um, I think it, I don't know. I think it might work. Yeah, I don't know. I've always had issues with uh, Google Drive for whatever reason here in the, in the studio. Yeah, it wants you to take just as long to download the clip as it's going to take to play it. But yeah, this one's uh, in the works. And currently we just have it as a live jam, but we happen to capture hmm. the writing process. Like sometimes we'll just turn on the computer, press record while we're coming up with something. And this was one of those really lucky catches where had it not been for that like quick save button, this might not be a song. Yeah, there's something with recording. I feel like it's just, uh, it's like a, um, like a picture. It's like photography. It's like you just capture that moment. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, it is. Uh, it's, it's not. It's not downloading. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say. Yeah. So, um, bummer. Yeah. I mean, I tried. Yeah. I've had that happen actually before. I had somebody out of town in here, um, visiting from out of town, and we pulled up everything. They had everything on Google Drive. And it would play. Oh, there it goes. Wow. No, that's Harrison the Slug. That's what that is. That is the only one that plays for some reason. I don't know if you could send it via text because I could play it off my, my phone. But yeah, so it had to happen before. I had somebody that was, drove like three hours to come here and be at Mutiny. And um, they got here and I had all their uh, songs up on the computer and they're all downloaded but it would just play the first 56 seconds of the song. And then, so you're sitting here and like, you got all these people out there listening and, uh, and it just stops. Um, but yeah, if you're able to text it to me, that'd be great. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah. So, um, you do have a couple other tracks too. You know what I'll do? We'll come back to that track. And then I was going to play this Pet Rock. So, I don't know, the, yeah. the Donkey Kong, um, 
with the Spanish fly and the pet rock. I think that's one of my first memories is making a pet rock. That's really fun. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So pet rock is just an arbitrary name, but it just felt like the, the, the mood of the song to me just kind of felt like what it feels like to be completely entrenched in imagination, just sort of like letting loose of that earthly body for it to be something real and for that life to just be circling around and this is one of the few songs that i use lyrics in um i like to use lyricless vocalizations and just kind of use my voice as an instrument but sometimes there will just be a message that i feel like hits me in this precise way this very concise way that flows beautifully through word and so pet rock is one of those examples nice yeah so this is a got the soundcloud I like SoundCloud. People are all about Bandcamp. Bandcamp friends. <laughs> this is Pet Rock, Mini Radio FM. That is self-similar. We got Sarah on the line here, the vocalist in the song. And I also wrote the ukulele for and that the, one. The ukulele, too. Gosh. And uh, something else. There's some other stuff in there. Yeah, there's a lot of different instruments in there, but yeah. There's a lot it's going that. on. Oh, yeah. We're actually talking about making some videos so that behind us when we perform, we can have videos of us playing all the instruments that you don't see us doing live. Because I think that a lot of people just think it's a backing track, which it is. But sometimes it's really different when you've spent a long time, like, honing certain instrument sounds and recording it to sound just right, you know. So, yeah. yeah it's I, really involved and fun. <laughs> yeah, there's something about that. I, I actually, uh, one of the coolest projection shows I've, I've ever seen was maybe a month back, maybe a month and a half back, I was at a venue called rickshaw stop in san francisco it's downtown 
and it was like this punk rock show and they had this projection of the the band playing and it was going in and out like it was them I was like the coolest thing there's something about I feel like that really does add to the whole performance you know theatrical performance when you have that absolutely I agree looking forward to being able to kind of mesh some of my visual art experience and ideas with the with the music part itself yeah I feel like now it's just I don't know I'm thinking about I'd seen this uh piece of artwork I was at a friend's place uh, last night and they had this piece of artwork and it was like this highway it was a Bob Dylan so Bob Dylan had actually um, painted this this road it was called the lost highway or something and I was like you know I think Bob Dylan I mean at least what I've seen a lot of the uh, you know his lyrics are kind of pretty far out and I remember seeing these music videos where there was somebody like that had the lyrics like written on a piece of big piece of paper and then they would throw it and then like the next thing would come up. I just, there's a different dynamic of it. You know, when you, when you see, you know, visually kind of what's going on. I mean, like now it's like you need a music video at this point. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Like the, the ephemeral aspect of a performance and, and sort of that connection between all of our senses. That's what we're in it for. Right. Is that connection, and I love that. Yeah, sounds like it would have been a good show to be at. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I gotta look it up. They did uh someone's music video, local artist, uh, local band here. They did their music video, and they somehow found out a way to project what they were doing on the screen. So it was like a video of the band, and it was like I'm trying to figure out the right term for it. It was like it would reverse, right? It would be like them and then it'd be like, go back and then it'd be like, oh, the drummer and then it'd be like, just get all blurred together somehow. It was like a milkshake. Yeah, I have like this entire bank of video footage that sounds exactly like that, like a blur of things together. Like one of, uh, I also do um, video production and uh, fine arts, uh, graphic design type stuff. And so one thing I love to do is just do macro photography and macro videos. Um, and so maybe eventually I will show people that in the form of something like what you're talking about, like have us melting in some sort of abstract crystal goo. I don't know. I'm thinking of things as you talk. (laughs) It sounds really good. It sounds like dessert. Ooh, abstract crystal goo with sprinkles on top. Yeah. Or maybe like a raspberry daiquiri with, yeah, some sprinkles on top. Maybe like a dragon fruit daiquiri. (laughs) Ooh. Yeah, so this um this wandering, I wanted to play this because you had mentioned that you had just uh, came up with this. Or yeah, yeah. So I was gonna play this for everyone to listen to, and then I was gonna bring you back here. Great. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. So similar.
That is such a nice teaser. Thanks. It's like you just want a little bit more. You get a little like sample of the cake, the dessert, and you just want to throw your face in it, you know? You're going to have to wait for that cherry on top. Yeah. No, that's great. I think actually that might be the tra- – there's something that's deeply original about it. And you that, that saxophone, you know, riff that you have over the top of it is just like – I can't think of anything that sounds like that. I don't know. Would you say that, you know, that's like a trip hop thing? Sure. I mean, for a while we were calling it groove chill because we didn't really know. Like, so we just named it by the feeling. And then we, we opened up this book. Um, I think it was like Monty, Monty Python. My, I can't talk. Monty Python Speaks was the name of the book. You know, have you ever done the trick where you just open to a random page and point at something? And, and that's what you do. Well, that's what you call it. Yeah. Well, we had my roommate at the, uh, open up the book at the time and just point to something, and the word was wandering. So that's what the title became. That's great. It's like Ouija board. You just It's a surprise. Like, you don't know what it is. <laughs> I just... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we, we definitely... Uh, that's what we did. We conjured the spirit of Monty Python, and he told us to name our song Wandering. That's a great There's name. Some witchy magic there. Yeah. yeah, you have some great uh song names here. <laughs> Buried treasure. <laughs> yeah. So that that one was another one where where it was just named after the feeling. I, I'm pretty sure Darshan named that one. Um, just based on the the sort of vision that you get when you hear a sound or explore a feeling. So it's kind of like you're digging deep and you're like swimming down deep into the water and there you find something shiny in the down under we really want to dig into that you know emotional that place that that place that we all know is there but that life kind of tends to take us away from with all of its noise and busyness and expectations and so every single song that we've written has just kind of popped up and happened and i think i'm going to keep it that way i don't want to contrive anything i think there's something special about what you said um just seeming deeply original and you know not having expectations of my own music took a long time to get there and I, I think that's something that now that I've experienced I don't really want to let go of I want to keep exploring that process of just opening up the floodgate so to speak and then kind of capturing a bit of it here or there just kind of letting it flow and not really having any sort of destination but just seeing where the rivers form and where the waters go and what kind of streams start to trickle in your mind and the leaves that blow across it you know that's typically where my mind will go just that place where you can go from the practical to the abstract and just explore yourself and the history of humanity somewhere in there yeah i i think that's a nice healthy way to go about it I feel like, and I've, you know, I've talked to so many recording artists, you know, like ourselves, and I feel like you could just spend so much time in the studio that you're just ripping your hair out, and you're just like, you know, and no matter what, and I feel like perfectionism isn't the right word, it's, it's not that, it's like, no matter what you do, you always think that maybe it could have been just a little bit better, and you don't want to put it on Spotify just because it's just like, it doesn't, you know, but it's, you gotta, I don't know. I feel like for yeah. me, 
I don't know, I have this thing, and, you know, where I'm, I have really deeply punk rock rooted. And so there's something inside mm-hmm. of me really deep, like inside of me, it's like, I hope you hate it kind of thing that's there <laughs> where it's like, okay, you know, I'm just like, oh, just, you know, I'll just, I'll just do it, you know. But um, this is just super ambient and spiritual. I could see Thank like you. just walking into, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have to I have to say Brene Brown is a huge influence of mine. And she's not a musician. She's um, a researcher, scientist, storyteller. Um, but yeah, she she's just amazing. And actually, you said something about perfectionism. And I think that's what started me on my journey with Brene Brown. And, and she teaches a lot about um, the book is called The Gifts of Imperfection. Um, and it talks about how just what you said, we're all struggling to just like be this perfect thing and do the right thing. And I think one thing that really drives me to keep making my music is that sort of connection that you get with someone when they say, oh, my God, I, I had a feeling when I listened to the sounds that you created, you know, and, and you've been able to share this with someone. Um, and one thing that's really important to me is I really hope that I can use my talent to not only bring my visions to life, but then to also help other people find their voices, literally and figuratively, <laughs> to sort of, like, find the part of them in the, on the inside that isn't waiting to be perfect to come out. You know, just just do it, like, right now. Like, half of my album is just stuff that came out. I think, um, you know, just sitting down and not being afraid to show even yourself what's on the inside is where it starts. And then the power that we find when we start to connect with others on that level of like, hey, this is flowing from inside of my soul and you've got something inside of you that wants to come out and start to flow with that. You know, I think that's the longest way in the world to say that (laughs) music is about that connection to ourselves and, and to humanity, the parts of humanity where we're not trying. We were just existing, and you know that has like a long, a long lineage of things and and strings attached to it that we can learn to just let go and just don't wait to be perfect. Just pick something up and try it. Does it sound good? Cool. Who cares if you know what note it is? In fact, I don't. I hardly know ever what key I'm in or what notes I'm singing or what notes I'm playing on the saxophone. I mean, that last song had an electronic ukulele, and I think I played it on one string. You know, <laughs> but. <laughs> You just do something, and it's more about that feeling. It's, it's it's more about that sensation brain, and not so much about the thinking brain, as uh, Kate Wakefield would tell you, the amazing cellist and vocal coach, Kate Wakefield. That's great. Yeah, anyone listening in right now, we got a uh, self similar. We got Sarah similar on the line, uh, singer songwriter, multi instrumentalist. Thank you guys for listening to uh, Crazed Rantings of a spiritual musician <laughs> yeah it's great i just I, it's awesome when you hear the i don't know for me personally i feel like i have so much more appreciation for art when i hear the the, the vision behind it yeah. um maybe it could be partially because i'm an artist myself and when i see when i hear somebody's vision and what they're doing uh it's comforting you know i i also Absolutely. know that being an artist, just myself, I can only speak on my own personal experiences that sometimes like you do something and somebody has another take on it, you know, oh, <laughs> they're just yeah. kind of like, you know, uh, 
<laughs> like they're just like I I don't know I've I can um it's happened to me before where somebody's like oh yeah you're saying this in the song I'm like no I'm not saying that what are you talking about I'm just like it started messing with me and then people were thinking that I was <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I don't know um, they're they're picking up they're they're projecting their own their own image that's how well they're connecting to you is that they're picking up their own resonance from what you're putting down yeah yeah that's I don't neat. know I feel like it might be similar like I'm looking at in mutiny and I know maybe yeah you've been here before um that was really cool yeah how you stumbled in here that time yeah uh, and uh I'm just looking at all the art around on the walls it's just you know if somebody was explained to me what this art was and where they were and what they were thinking I don't know like I'd be cool but I just I don't know <laughs> it's like the mystery yeah. about it I feel like it's kind of the mystery of it I'm looking at this piece of art right now I'm going to have to post this now online uh, it, it looks like I can't figure out what it is it looks like a monster but it's like a skeleton or it's like, I can't figure out what it is. I think the mystery of it is almost makes it that much better. What is, uh, yeah. Did you ever get into Frederick, uh, Chopin? Um, not, not enough, enough yes. to just kind of just get through my music classes, but um. I'm super excited. Yeah. I'm, um, so Frederick Chopin has got this quote that is, uh, Art is odious without hidden meaning. Uh, Very cool. And I'm just like, I guess that makes sense. Like if I told every, yeah, I don't know. I feel like with, with what you're doing and the ambient, you know, noise and the, all the, the instruments that you're, it's just really melodic and it's, it's, yeah, it's, um, Thank you. so I wanted to, I want to play another track. I'm just, I know we got a lot of you got a lot of tracks here. I'm trying to think what we want to play. Yeah, for how about a clip, a couple of clips? Yeah, what do you think? I think we're we're kind of like on this like soulful vibe right now. Yeah. So, um, what if we just take? What if we all just take a second? Everybody listening, just breathe in and feel your entire chest fill with air. Just breathe out. Let those shoulders down and loosen up. And I guess I'll just play you a one-minute meditation. This was something else we were really happy to just kind of capture about a month ago, I think now. Just a little ambient clip. Nice. And one of a musical meditation for you.
Oh, I feel like I got a natural high off that. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Yes, I, 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 that's part of a 12-minute track. Just imagine just listening to that for 12 minutes and flowing in and out. And, I don't know. I think that's sort of the feeling of just letting go of the weight and the expectations of the world and just allowing the soul to sort of dance around and be free and kind of giggle a little bit and have some space. Yeah. I um, I feel like I went into this like meditative state. What are, I mean, as far as vocally, I just, uh, where are you, do you have any particular influences vocally? It's interesting that you ask that, because I think my answers are probably everywhere and depend on what day you ask. But yeah, growing up, I, I definitely listened to um, anything and everything. I just really loved the soulful stuff. Like, to be honest, like a lot of the Mariah Carey and Celine Dion, um, Whitney Houston, just some of those songs that just made you feel like there's no way you can sing this. I would just cry, you know, those cry notes. Um, I would say, like, those would come on, and I could just feel my throat sort of start to emulate those movements and sort of want to feel what it must feel like to just emote that sort of feeling, you know, even at a young age. I just remember feeling like I wish I could get that out of me. Like, how do I take that, and or how do I find that inside of me and just, like, get that out, you know? Um, and I think as I got older, like, I think I, the other day somebody asked me this, and I remembered Destiny's Child. Like, I remember, this is cool. This is music that doesn't just have guitars. You know, growing up in Kentucky, you hear a lot of country music, a lot of, um, you know, classic rock. So I think on top of having that influence of The Doors and things like that that my dad would listen to, um, I definitely grew up listening to some of those more pop hits that would be on the radio. My mom loved 80s pop. Um, so I think maybe it just kind of got me just being in that sort of transition between, uh, I'm an 80s baby, but right there at the end. So I got all of that 80s music plus the, the sort of 90s, 2000s pop. And then the, the at the time I listened to a lot of metal. I would listen to death metal, anything from you know, Cradle of Filth to In Flames. And then I started getting into Portishead and DJ Shadow. And that's when it really clicked for me. Like, I don't have to wait until I find a style that fits my voice or that fits my soul. Like, my voice is already there. Like, I can just create other things to go with it. And so I got back into guitar. I got back into um, just working with other artists. And over time, I found it was just much easier to record myself. Um, I went to school for audio video production and got one of my degrees in that. Um, I found it was just much easier to like record myself and create all these songs and get lost in my computer. Uh, and that's how I fell into electronic music, kind of realizing that I love drum and bass. And that's just where it starts for me. Give me a beat. Give me a bass. Give me some subs. Like, I'm going to, you know, probably like mid-tempo, like down-tempo. Like, I'm probably going to come up with something always and forever, especially if it's in a minor town. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, the Beatles, so I heard with the Beatles is that when they were in the studio, they would single track and they would record Ringo Starr would just 
record all the drum tracks first <laughs> and then wow and that it kind of makes sense there you know there's all you know different ways to to write music i feel like there's definitely a difference between the eagles and led zeppelin mm, <laughs> i feel definitely. like i feel like i don't know at least for me it's like i could you know because zeppelin was such a power band like you could just tell that that the the instrumental was definitely you know the bass and the drums and the were thought of first i, I with the eagles you know it's kind of it feels more like oh, this is a guitar song and the the drums are kind of after afterthought you know but that's just you my know, opinion funny. oh yeah definitely our song we decide has taken a million turns throughout the years um it's actually one of the first songs that i wrote that i've continued playing into my you know i guess music career um it started out just with me when i was 16 years old and i'm 32 now so literally half my life ago I was sitting in a laundromat with my guitar and wrote this song called, well, it's called We Decide Now. Um, but it was just me kind of like singing these two different vocal parts over and over. And eventually I learned how to loop the parts so I could sing them together and they would start to loop. And then, um, you know, I'd loop my guitar and start adding to that. And when Self Similar came to be, we at one point had a fully electronic version. And I was like, you know, I want to come back sort of the way that the song was written just like you said like sometimes it's not all about like the drums and and all of that like it's about that simple guitar thing that sort of like feeling behind it um so i mentioned kate wakefield earlier the amazing cellist and trained operatic singer who also does electric cello in this really sweet punk band called lung in cincinnati if you haven't heard them totally check them out um what was the name of the band lung lung like breathing yeah wow. l-u-n-g that sounds They're familiar awesome. i've seen them on a list somewhere Yes. They were about to go on tour, but, uh, you know, obviously this whole thing has got it a little uh, off kilter. But we had Kate come in and record the cello part for this electronic cello that we had been using. And so the song has kind of like taken back off into this more acoustic world, but it still has like a little bit of that synth part if you want to play it. Yeah. And so we decide that's what you're calling it now. Yep. And yeah. So that, this is like, I wrote this when I was 16 and it just keeps. Uh, Darshan's done an amazing job just producing and adding to it with his bass and um, like four vocal parts at this point. So we're still adding to it. There's a part that's not even in the recording you're about to hear. Nice. So this is the demo. Self similar. Uni Radio FM.
That is so similar. We got Sarah Similar on the line all the way from Kentucky. Thanks for listening, everyone. This means so much to me. Thank you. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's a that's a great track. That's great. Thanks. Great fun. I wanted to play a couple more of your tracks, but I wanted we were talking about it earlier and I, I thought it'd be fun to do this. Hopefully it's fun. Hopefully it's in the moment. Oh yeah, but you know it's um. I mean, what time is it there? It's eight thirty your time, huh? Yeah, eight twenty-four. <laughs> it is always time though for a little um. What do you call it? Um, what's that song? Hopefully it plays. I don't know. The only thing I'm thinking of is shot, 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 shot. That's right. Yeah, there's a little snack remix. <laughs> it's evening for you now. It's officially evening. Yeah, so you know what? Uh, what's really funny about it, so I, I, I pulled that Bob Aran because we were talking about that earlier, and this particular version is a, um, a Bob Aran ah, That is such a fun thing, especially being a kid. I think singing that song is just so fun you don't even know what you're saying but it's like oh yeah this is fun <laughs> yes yes my grandma will be so happy to hear that that story lived on yeah i just uh what's funny about it though for this particular um clip it it, it had somebody singing it so i was just trying to find like the um the instrumentals for it so that way we could do the uh the vocals over the top barbara ann I don't even know. I don't even know um, what he was say- what they were saying. My little kid heart just loved it. it didn't <laughs> matter apparently. <laughs> I was in love with her before I saw her. <laughs> there we go. There it is. Actually, yeah. and you're in my head. Or something like that, right? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to do the karaoke thing. But I guess I'm not really doing it very well. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> wow. That's fun, though. It doesn't seem to work as well over the phone as I thought it might. Like, I'm not even sure. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't know. It was funny. Well, that was, it's great, you know, well, at Martoonies, when we were at Martoonies, um, so I, you know, I'm always doing Frank Sinatra at a karaoke situation. And Frank Sinatra, he kind of sang things different every time he performed. I think oh, he was, nice. I think he was known for doing that. So I'd seen this live version of Strangers in the Night and I was singing it, but the live version was different than what the the pianist was playing there at Martoonies. So mm-hmm. I was singing like a different part. I was singing a little bit different. And so I think it, it might be, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm just trying to remember the lyrics. I didn't even know that it was Barbara Ann. I didn't even know that was the actual, what he was, what they were saying. 
Yeah, to me, I, I, I guess maybe that's proof. Wow, I never really thought about it this way, but like, maybe that is just proof. Because to this day, I still don't think lyrically first. I just think, I guess, gutturally. <laughs> like, I just start to get a melody out with my voice, and then maybe the lyrics come later. Um, so maybe I have a little bit of lyric blindness that was just peeking through, even as like a toddler wandering down the sidewalk with my grandma singing this song. You got me rocking and a rolling, rocking and a reeling, bobbering, bobbering. That is, yeah, wow, that's classic. I wonder what this is. Um, song by the the Beach Boys, and huh, it, it doesn't say what record it's on. But yeah, that's a, that's a classic. Wow, that's a good first song. My first song was Twinkle Little Star. Wow, that's a good one too. You know, that's that's just got some roots. It's a hit. Kids these days, they're still just as into it as like fifty years ago. Yeah. <laughs> So much fun, yeah. So I wanted to play a couple more tracks. I'm really glad I got you to call in. It has been a lot of fun. Um, you had this buried treasure that we were talking about earlier. That sounds really fun. And we yeah. have some a couple other tracks. That, um, if there's another track you had in mind. Yeah. So buried treasure, like it's it's one of those lyricless. I, I almost think of it sort of like a ritual prayer of some kind, like. Sometimes it's nice to not use lyrics so that every time I sing it, I can put that energy into something new. Like, I don't have to just have this narrative that I'm living every time. I can kind of, like, use those those vibes, for lack of a better word. Like, yes, it really is vibrations coming out of the music. I'm I can use those same enough. vibrations to, like, harness a new, you know, a new thought pattern or to sort of heal in some new way or just kind of work through something different with the lack of lyrics. So I hope to reach people like multiculturally who can hear this and, and feel their inner prayer or, you know, prayer for the lack of better word. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So we got uh, self similar. We got Sarah similar on the line. This is a track off the record. You can find SoundCloud every streaming platform i've seen that and this song is called buried treasure Thank you. 
That is such a fun track. That flute was, it was like, yeah, from a different world. That was cool. Yeah, that's, that's Gwyneth Lynn's Ravenscroft from Cincinnati. Yeah, they're really good. They're very talented. The Buried Treasure. Yeah, yeah so. our track Ricochet was one of the ones that we um, worked on together. And so they ended up being on three tracks total on our demo. So uh, it's really cool to, to just have like, I think I think between it we have flute, saxophone, ukulele, kalimba, bass guitar, acoustic guitar, electric guitar. We've got some, an octopad in there. Definitely a lot of electronic instruments that all, like, I stand on their own. Yeah, the list just keeps growing of, like, different types of instruments that we're throwing in there. So I guess you could call it, like, organic electronic. Yeah. I, I like not having to have a genre, though. And yeah. the minute that I have to have one, I might get bored. <laughs> I was talking to somebody. I went to this, um, this rock show, actually, uh, this past weekend. Funny enough, one of the band's names was Treasure, which was uh, because we just played that buried treasure. And then they had uh, Silk Road Truckers and Alvy and the Breakfast Pigs. <laughs> wow. And so I was talking to this guy um, outside of the outside of Amato's right here on uh, 21st and Valencia Street in San Francisco. And he was talking about like creating a genre where kind of fits like like an umbrella that kind of fits everything and he had said to um class or is a modern classic rock or modern classic music and i was just like oh it seems seems a little bit safe you know i mean if like for me i was just talking about about being like an, an electro goth band or something you might be pigeonholing yourself a little bit but i don't think there's anything really necessarily wrong with that but um yeah, I I don't know. I like trip hop because it's like, what is that? You know, there's this um this band someone introduced me to last year called Cigarettes After Sex, and I remember she was telling me about this band. I thought I actually took it as an advance at first. I was like, wow, this is getting serious. <laughs> I was just thinking, but have you heard of the uh, the band called Cigarettes After Sex? It sounds familiar, but I can't place it. I'm so yeah. terrible with names. Just yeah. in general. I just, it seems like, yeah, you're talking about, you know, what do you call it? Uh, pigeonholing yourself there. So they have, they go by, and the reason why I bring it up is they go by Dream Pop. I kind of like Dream yeah. Pop. That's they, a great, yeah, yeah. I love that. You can just kind of hear it when you hear the label, like, you know, you kind of know what it's going to sound like, and that's the best you can get, right? Yeah. Wow, so we you have so many tracks, and I just, um, I mean, where's the best place to, to find you guys? So currently we're on SoundCloud and Bandcamp and our own website, which is selfsimilarmusic.com. Um, so yeah, you can find us on there and just kind of play our tracks for free. We're working on our album again, so studios around here have opened up, and um, so hopefully I will be recording the final vocal tracks 
So we record everything ourselves. So far, everything you've heard has been recorded at my home studio um, between myself and Darshan. Uh, he grew up in the studio with his dad. His dad is a local musician and owned an esoteric bookstore, I guess you would call it, spiritual bookstore. Um, so he knew all these different types of musicians and hung out with people in a studio actually really close to my home, which is where we make our music here. So um, he's got the, the ear for the mixing. And between that and my audio video degree and my love of music, we just uh, pretty much, you know, work on everything here. And it's just been, it's been really nice to have the music as a fallback. Um, you know, it kind of acts as an expression tool and a distraction when you get locked up at home. <laughs> um, you know, so it's been really nice to have it uh, during the pandemic. And and writing this entire album, I was a full-time student at NKU getting my Bachelor of Fine Arts in Visual Communications Design. Um, and it was just really nice to have this studio set up where all of my instruments were just plugged in and ready to go. So if I'm feeling inspired, I just hit the keys. So. Maybe we could uh, end the show on our my track "Poor." Um, I actually wrote it instead of going to class one morning, which I did end up at class, <laughs> but I was ten minutes late, so I could write the song um, because I was having like a performance anxiety attack. I was supposed to present this design, and we were having critique, and I was just in a place where I was in the creative flow. I wanted to stay home at my studio and keep working, but I had to kind of tear myself away from my work to present my work to people. And I decided, you know what, I'm just going to take a break and I'm going to pour all of this emotion into song. And I just grabbed my laptop and I just created this beat and start, I wrote the bass part and put that down, um, recorded the vocals over top of that, probably in, the, in about 45 minutes, but just literally poured out of me, which is why it's, you know, aptly named pour. Um, <laughs> And it just kind of helped me to regulate my emotions, and I just pulled myself together, and I felt whole again, and I just went to class and crushed the rest of the class. Of course, you walk in with a little bit of shame, like, you know, on shame on you, you're late. It's like, yep, but I am here, and I feel amazing. Instead of showing up, like, with that bad energy or whatever you want to call it, which is showing up a mess, I'm showing up well put together and ready to kick ass. So, I don't know. That's the way Hopefully, to do it that will feel like something to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling in. This has been so much fun. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you and learning about, you know, your twinkle, twinkle little star history and you're still twinkling as a star now, this radio station and musician and artist. And it's really nice to connect. You as well. Gosh, we're like 2,500 miles away from each other in the sound I know, waves. I looked and it would take 27 hours to drive to you if I started right now. Wow. And that's if you go yeah. to the speed limit. Yeah, that's if I stop for five hours of a nap. I love that. I, I want to do that cross-country trip again. I, I got lucky <laughs> because my friend had the car in Washington, D.C. already. If I had to drive to D.C. and drive back, maybe that would have been too much. Maybe I could just buy a hoopty, get a hoopty out there and drive <laughs> it back again. <laughs> do it. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I just want to leave you with one thought. I want you to just think about a limiting belief and then shake it out. Just completely shake it out of you. And think of that thing that you've been dying to do. You know, that thing that makes you feel like you're about to cry when you think about it. And that thing that just 
that's welling up inside of you. Just shake away that limiting belief that's holding that in and just let it out. Just pour that out somewhere, somehow. You don't even have to show anyone. You can make it and throw it away. You can say it and forget you ever did, but just practice that release and see what happens. You never know. You might inspire yourself or someone else. So fun. Wise as fuck. Wise. Yes, she's wise. <laughs> That's Thank you. Great. This is self-similar. We got poor. Sarah similar on the line today. That was fun. Yeah, thank you. Go, you. Yeah, Enjoy thank you your for, evening. Yeah, you too. Cheers.
thank you all for tuning in to the JW Megawave show. Catch you next week. We're going to be having Albie from Albie and the Breakfast Pigs in here. We got a uh, comedy battle coming up here right after the show, so tune in. And I'll catch you next week.
a sea of hiding cats. Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Coming soon, the 6th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Six venues. 24 shows, 7 days, 75 comics from all over the United States at amazing local venues. Asiento, Atlas Cafe, El Rio, Milk Bar, OMG, and The Bar. On Dolores. Special headliner shows at El Rio Thursday night, 7 and 9 o'clock, featuring Scott Capuro, headliner, amazing comedian. Also, Andy Iwancio out of Seattle here for the sixth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. All tickets are $10, except the headlining show, which are $20. You can find all of the shows on Mutiny Radio's Eventbrite. Reserve them now. And don't miss out. 2021, the 6th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Black Block, a novel about protest from Sanjiro. A sample. The walk from Union Square to the bar is a long way for a drink. So you want a few stopovers. You get warmed up at Lefty O'Doul's, an old-time tavern with memorabilia and a menu from another century. Then a Market Street dive to rub elbows with the hoi polloi. Next is a Folsom leather bar. The dark goth soundtrack is a refreshing change from the usual jukebox anthems, but you must avert your eyes lest you observe gentlefolk in flagrante. That means fucking. Tonight, none of these places are open unless looters are broken in. The city is shut down because of the riots. Thank you. Find me at sanjurorider.com and Black Block is on Amazon.
Streaming live to the station. MutinyRadio.fm. District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm. MutinyRadio.fm. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to mutinyradio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop. 